Hey there, this is Anna. If you enjoy listening to Watershed, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made for you and by you. Thanks. Welcome to Watershed. A sea turtle hospital looks a lot like any other veterinary office. There's an operating table, humming machinery, shelves of antibiotics, and a healthy dose of pet talk. Oh, you turt McGirt. You're all right, little guy. I'm Anna Hamilton, and this is Watershed, a podcast exploring Florida in flux. Right now, it's checkup time for a juvenile green sea turtle named Swoop at the University of Florida's Whitney Laboratory for Marine Bioscience in Marineland, Florida. So his, I mean, his are bad. His are, he's definitely one of the more severe cases. Brooke Burkhalter is lead veterinarian at the Sea Turtle Hospital. She says Swoop has a herpes virus called fibropapillomatosis, or FP for short. The disease manifests in bulging cauliflower-like tumors that often sprout near the flippers and the eyes. So if, yeah, if you look closely, Anna, you, you can see the big obvious ones, but you can see little spots like here and here. Those are new tumors that are starting to grow. They just look like little skin tags, sort of, like yeah. humans would have. Yep. Little roughened areas. Swoop was brought to the hospital by a boater who found him floating near a marina in Daytona. At the time, Swoop was anemic, underweight, and covered in tumors. The, the tumors themselves don't usually kill them, but the effects of them, so not being able to see or swim, is what winds up killing them, just because it debilitates them. The tumors are so close to Swoop's eyes that Brooke and her technicians are worried they could have spread internally. They'll be able to tell by testing his eyes with a staining solution. What are you doing now? So I'm putting fluorescein dye in his eyes, and a normal cornea that's healthy will not collect any of the stain. It will all rinse away. But if there is any scratch or abrasion or damage to the cornea, it will stick and it will highlight it green so that we can see it. The Whitney Labs Sea Turtle Hospital is one of only a few Florida facilities certified to handle FP cases. It opened just last October, and before that, Swoop would have been trucked to the Hidden Harbor Sea Turtle Hospital in Marathon, Florida, some 400 miles south. These facilities can be overwhelmed by the number of green sea turtles needing treatment because for at least the last five years, FP has been on the rise. Hey, no booby. Good job. Swoop has roughly another three weeks of fattening up and building his strength before he's ready for tumor surgery. So it's in the water, it's shed by the turtles, but why some get infected with it and others don't? We're not quite sure yet, and it used to be a fairly rare problem, but now it's an extremely common problem, and it's spreading throughout the oceans. So there's a lot of research being done to figure out why, and is it the food source or pollution, climate changes? All of those things are being looked into to try to understand it, so hopefully we can change it. Luckily, Swoop's eyes come out clear. There's no sign of internal tumors, and he's done for the day. Okay, Swoop can go back to the water. I'm gonna come see the splash. (laughs) 
FP is a big question mark for sea turtle researchers. It was first documented in 1938 in the Florida Keys, but in the nearly 80 years of FP research since, there's a disturbing amount still unknown, like what cocktail of factors is causing it, and why it's spreading so quickly. Where most FP cases were once observed off Florida's coasts, there have now been reports in all major oceans. It's increasingly crept north along the eastern seaboard, Bien. Buenas tardes para todos. As well as to the south, to the Caribbean, and Cuba, where we are today. It's a balmy, windswept day on Cayo Largo, a small island south of Cuba's mainland. If you're picturing a sugar-sanded, palm-tree-laden isle surrounded by aquamarine ocean, you've hit the nail on the head. Part of the island is anchored by a swanky resort for that reason. But a small section houses the Cayo Largo Center for Sea Turtle Rescue, Brooke and her husband Keelan are here visiting with a research group from the Whitney Lab. This is Leonardo Valida, a turtle specialist, who, along with only one other staffer, runs the center. Valida says that though Cayo Largo is an important stopover for nesting loggerhead, hawksbill, and green sea turtles, hundreds of thousands of turtle eggs wash away each year in hurricanes and from the effects of climate change. To help curb this loss, each year, Valida, his partner, and center volunteers collect between 10 to 20,000 eggs for incubation. When the turtles hatch, they move into big blue pools till they're old enough for release. At the center today, the pools are swarming with these baby sea turtles. Brooke is eager to talk shop with Valida, who says yes, they've just started to see green sea turtles off Cayo Largo with the telltale cauliflower-looking sacks of FP. It's yet another stressor for an already imperiled species, and Valida hopes to garner more support for studying this disease. Okay, muchas gracias por su visita. Thank you very much. Son muy amables por escuchado. Before leaving Cayo Largo, the Burkhalters have a few more errands to run. What, what beach is this? Mermaid Beach. Excellent. They're helping Valida release 50 of his baby sea turtles. It'll be the first time these turtles have seen open ocean. Brooke carries a bucket full of baby sea turtles to the water's edge, and we all watch as one by one they shuffle to the water, are washed back in by the waves, and finally make it past the break. Next, it's time to escort three larger turtles by boat to offshore reefs. These guys are tagged and will be monitored by the Sea Turtle Rescue Center. These probably are are two to three years old, Um, but it's amazing how they grow from a little size of the palm of your hand to these are dinner plate sized um, in just a year or two. They are gonna, their heads are going to explode when they get in the water. Yes. The tank they've in. They won't know what to do. It's really funny to watch them because it, it takes a minute and they'll just sit there and look around and then all of a sudden they'll just take off diving. How do you want? You put the, the box on the water or you take the hands? I want, I want first you to have me one okay. turtle. Okay. Now? So Brooke put him in the water and he Next shot one. off. He was not even hanging around. Next one. Here's turtle number two. Yeah. 
All right, she's holding him and they're recording, taking a picture. Okay, and here's the last one. Man, he wore me out. He was fast. I got one good shot of him. He turned and looked at me and he was gone. Yeah. He'd had enough of me. I think it was a little bit of a thank you and a little bit of see you later. This whole story can feel very doomy and gloomy. We have this FP problem, it's unexplained, it's really widespread, etc. On the other hand, we have these two distinct groups of passionate people giving it their all every step of the way. And that's not even acknowledging the huge global network of folks advocating for sea turtles and working to unravel the mysteries of FP. So I know I sound like Captain Planet when I say that to you, but let that be today's takeaway. Every person can make a difference. You can find out more about Whitney Sea Turtle Hospital and the Cayo Largo Center for Sea Turtle Rescue at our website, watershedradio.com. These organizations deserve your attention and your support. This episode is made possible in part by our heroes at the Southern Documentary Project at the University of Mississippi. And many thanks to Felipe Worst for our music. I'm Anna Hamilton, and you've been listening to Watershed, a podcast about Florida's changing environments. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and subscribe via iTunes, and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks. 